up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Constructing the Beast. I'm your host with the very most, Darius Riddick, a.k.a. Riddick the Lion. And we are back again in another show, another installment to the movement that is creating a more dominant ass-kicking society. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with what we do, take the time again to familiarize yourself with the previous episodes and installments that we've done. Because, listen, regardless of what this may perceive as, what goes down, what we're ultimately trying to do is better the person that you see in the mirror every single day. And in turn, that person is going to pay that forward and you to make uh, everyone under their scope of influence, their umbrella of influence that much better. And, you know, one thing I ask from this is that you do just that. Someone who may need this information that you are getting that's, you know, helping you maybe overcome an obstacle or just be a better person. Share this information with someone that you feel may need it and that can use it to become a better version of themselves, right? Because that's what helps this movement grow. That's what makes this possible. So with that being said, today I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach than something than some of the things that we've done in the past. You know, we've talked a lot about fitness in terms of what you as an individual can be doing in order to achieve your physical fitness goals. And what we're going to do is take that one step deeper, right? We're going to go into another level and we're going to start talking about the mental capabilities, what it really takes in fitness to achieve those fitness goals when in terms of the mental capacity. And the reason why I wanted to address this is because we have the tendency to associate fitness with physical, right? Physical fitness is only just one component of fitness, but one of the components of fitness that we miss out on is that that mental side of it. But crazy enough is they all go hand in hand. So spiritual, mental, physical, social, they all work together to build that foundation of excellence when we're trying to become a better version of ourselves. And one of the ways that I wanted to incorporate this concept of of mental fitness, you know, is is through the uh, through the ideology of psychology. Um, it's something that has definitely fascinated me for a while. It's something that I integrate in my life and that I learned over the years of training every single day that's helped me get to the point of success and fitness where I am now. Uh, and I wanted to share that with you all. Um, so for those of you that are not familiar uh, with, with the ideas of psychology, in psychology, there are these things called cognitive traps or cognitive distortion and before we get into the science of it the 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 way that this made the most sense to me is it this so cognitive traps are is our mind's way of taking the path of least resistance so whenever we are presented with a situation our mind is going to take a path to interpret it that makes the most sense and majority of the time to the untrained mind it is going to take the path where it, it's not reality. It's going to take that that area of something that's completely untrue. And in the moment, from a tunnel view, you know, it may seem like reality. It may seem like the truth. But from the bird's eye view, uh, what it actually does is it, it reinforces negative thinking patterns, right? That goes into negative self-talk, negative emotional outlash, negative reactions. And what that in turn does is cause an overload of, of negative thinking patterns, and further thoughts. And in reality, it's not actually the situation that's presenting that negativity. It's actually your response, your thoughts towards 
that situation, your mindset. And we can take more control over our lives and over our minds, our mindsets, by identifying when we are funneling ourselves into these cognitive traps. Now, the cognitive traps are based, are broken down into the way the patterns of thinking are processed. For example, one of the most common ones, and I know <clears throat> a lot of us are guilty of it, is mind reading, right? Based off someone else's reactions or the way that they did something, we think that we know what they are thinking without that person even expressing their true thoughts. When in reality, we can never really know what someone else is thinking without them expressing it directly to us, which in itself can lead down a road a road of negative thoughts and it, it funnels us into these ideals that our mind is going to take that path of least resistance and that negativity bias and what we want it to think like, oh, you know, that person doesn't like me or that person's talking behind my back and all this stuff. When in reality, it could be the complete opposite. So basically what we can do is take these psychological negative and cognitive traps and, uh, and apply them to our physical fitness. Because like I said before, you know, the mental fitness and the physical fitness, they're all tied directly into each other. You know, having one without the other is, is not going to work. So I want to take the time to talk about three of them directly, which I feel are the most important that we as athletes, as human beings, as people that operate day to day need to identify and evaluate in order to make ourselves more successful. So the first cognitive trap or thinking trap to make it easier for you all to understand is that I wanted to address is black and white thinking. Um, and that's basically us thinking that it's one way or the highway, you know, this way it has to be a or it has to be B and there's no in between. Now, the reason why that is uh, uh, an issue when it comes to fitness is because there is no blueprint for one person. So you can have Sally, Joe and Sarah and they all want to get a bigger bench press. They all want to have bigger glutes or they all want to have eight pack defined abs. Now, I can give the same plan to Sally, Joe and Sarah. But it may work for Sally, but it won't work for Joe or Sarah and vice, vice versa. And where I see this uh, the most common is when I, especially now, you know, I see people getting back into it and they'll do these eight week programs or these four week programs, however long, you know, six weeks to shred and they'll see their friend doing it and it'll work for them. But when they take it on, they don't reach their goals and they instantly categorize themselves as a failure. So one, that's a, that's a black and white. That's a black and white cognitive trap on top of that. And it's a cognitive trap of self negative self-talk. When it comes to achieving your goals, there is no success or failure, especially in terms of fitness, because in reality, whenever we pursue a different fitness goal, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? Even if you strive for a 315 bench press, you know, you may not, you may hit 305, but have an increase in deadlift or somewhere else. Then later down the line, you completely overshoot the three, the 315. But we can't approach it as if like, I did not get that goal, so now I'm a failure. I didn't reach my goals, so I didn't have success. Something to understand is that is gonna that whenever we are approaching specific goals like that, it is gonna take reps upon reps upon reps. Because again, I'll say it again, it, there's no one blueprint for each and every single person. So when you approach these things, you have to understand that you may not get it today, you may have to come back again tomorrow and try again. And that may have to happen over and over and over and over again. While somebody else may achieve that goal in a day. 
right? But we can't compare ourselves to other people because like I said, it's different for everyone. There is no one blueprint. So one way that I feel as though that would be the best course of action to counteract the black and white thinking is to be open-minded to those shortfalls. Understand that those shortfalls are going to happen. Not every single goal that you approach is going to be easily achieved. But what you can control is your reaction to not achieving that goal. And it has to be a proactive mindset in the fact of, okay, I may not have gotten there, but what can I do now to get me closer to the next goal in the future? The second cognitive trap that I wanted to address is a combination of emotional reasoning and bargaining. And what those what those two are is is dangerous right? if, if we're being honest. And but in, in a more in a more scientific factor, it, it's it's actually taking our emotions as evidence of the truth. So I use myself as an example again. Uh, just just so you guys can understand it a little bit more to know that like, like I, I do the same stuff every single day and people address me as like what what they see me doing in fitness and they and they and I talk, I'll tell them how I would die for this shit and XYZ and how this is my passion. But what they don't understand is out of 365 days of the year, there are about 300 days where it is uh, where I'm just like, you know, I don't feel like doing this. And, and that's the stark reality of it. No matter how much you love something, you are not going to wake up every single day and be in the mood to get out and go get it done, right? But it's those moments where you choose, like, hey, I may feel like shit today, but I, I know I have to get this done. And that's one of the tools that we can use against this emotional reasoning because there will be plenty of days where you will go into the gym or you will go for a run or you know try to do this stuff and you'll be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I'm tired or, you know, my back hurts. So maybe this, maybe working out isn't, isn't for me. Maybe getting in shape isn't for me. You know, maybe loving what I see in the mirror isn't just for me. I should just accept defeat because in the moment, again, your mind is going to take that path of least resistance and the path of least resistance is accepting those emotions, accepting those feelings and just quitting, just giving up because why try harder for something that's not guaranteed? And it's, and it's the reason why I said dangerous earlier, because that is a dangerous manner to think in that logic, because your mind is going to accept the negativity. And once you accept that negativity, it's going to feed off of it and grow and fester like a cancer. And if you can take the progress that you've made so far, take 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 your exceptionalism to be resilient at face value. Understand that that's what it's going to take in order to achieve whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. It's going to be those repetitions going back to back to back. And in those moments where you don't feel like you want to be there or you know you don't want to be there, you have to understand that you need to get it done. And once you accept that, it makes getting there that much more worth it. So the third really important um, cognitive trap that I wanted to talk about is uh, the fallacy of control or a false sense of control. Now we talk about this a lot throughout our movement over the episodes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on it again for those that may not be familiar with what we've spoken about in the past, and that is 
you don't you do not have control over the things that happen in your life okay no matter what your power is your status your wealth you know how many people you have around you what if you're liked as a person if you're disliked you do not have control over the things that life is going to throw at you period because when you start thinking like that life has a way of coming up and biting you in the ass and letting you know who's boss but the one thing that you do have control over is your mindset the way that you approach interpret evaluate and attack situations the reason why a fallacy of control is dangerous when it comes to us trying to achieve our goals is because we have this thought process that i'm going to get from point a to point b unscathed i want to lose 10 pounds in eight weeks and i'm going to make it happen by going to the gym eating right lowering my stress and getting sleep when in reality there Maybe a, a lot of things I hit you within those eight weeks that are it's gonna disrupt that path, okay? And one of the things I see that's very common is whenever somebody is uh, approached approached with a very difficult situation, the first thing that goes out the window is their physical fitness, whether that be going to the gym or it be the nutrition the nutrition side of things. So to make that even more of a realistic situation for everyone. Uh, let's talk about COVID-19, okay? One of the biggest things that went out the window is physical fitness. And that's because with, with the gyms closing and, you know, the supermarkets running low on food and stuff like that and people having to stay in quarantine, right? Nutrition, poof, gone. Working out, staying in shape, poof, gone. I even heard uh, a couple terms about COVID-19. You know, I I, I gained my COVID-19 19 pounds. It's like... I. And to me, that that was fucking ridiculous. Like that didn't make sense to me, you know, because at no point whatsoever should something that's going on like outside of your mindset, your sense of control be the determining factor to what to you gaining weight or to or to to how you work out, you know, because what do people do before gyms? Right. Everybody wasn't obese or overweight. You know, people found ways to stay in shape. This is the easiest time in the world to learn what to eat, to know what to eat, you know, to, to stay in shape. There are hundreds of companies out there that do meal plans, nutrition plans, work out at home, eat right at home. Right. So how can we use those external factors as an excuse? And that kind of plays on the false sense of control, because if we expect that we have this control all the time, things like COVID-19, like a quarantine will happen. And now that sense of control is gone. So we have to understand you may not have control over the factors of what you what have goes on outside your life, but you have the ability to control how you approach a situation. There are going to be times where you wake up late and you'll have to rush to work and forget your food. OK, but what are you going to do in that moment? Are you going to go to the fast food place down the road and get something or are you going to take your time to go back home and get it and get that meal or try to prep something at the grocery store really quick? Right. There are going to be times where there are going to be times where you're not motivated to work out or go for a run or anything of that matter. But are you just going to say, fuck it and just give up, you know, let your goals go to the wayside and let life take you over? Or are you going to grab yourself by the britches and keep moving forward? There are going to be times in relationships where it just doesn't fucking work out, whether you love each other or not, whether that's, you know, husband, wife, boyfriend and girlfriend or family, blood ties, relatives, you know, and you're going to have to part ways. Are you going to let that completely disrupt your life and send you to a spiraling hole of depression? Or are you going to figure out what you need to do as an individual to maintain that small sense of control that as humans that we that people actually have?
know, it goes without saying, and it's going to sound cliche to say this, but life isn't fair, right? People are born different shapes, sizes, different wealth. Some people are born with with silver spoons in their mouth. Some people are born with shit on their plate. Some people go through life unscathed, and some people have life harder than others can ever imagine. It's different for every single person. There is no one blueprint, and we can't sit around waiting for life to hand us the tools that are going to be necessary to, to build and create and achieve our goals one thing remains the same across the board is if we want to look in the mirror if we if we want to get stronger that physically mentally it starts with the way that we interpret our thoughts it starts with identifying the ways that we put ourselves into these traps are we driving ourselves into that black and white thinking you know most of the time there is not going to be one way or the highway there's going to be somewhere in between and you got to tweak it and make it work for you it's about those reps, getting it in and then figuring out how can I capitalize on this and keep moving forward. Emotional bargaining and reasoning. Understand that your emotions are going to change. The situation is going to be based upon how you feel, but feelings come and go. So you have to take what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do at face value. Don't allow those negative thoughts to run yourself into a situation that is completely untrue. Instead, evaluate those thoughts and use them to better yourself at an advantage over your own mind. And lastly, make sure we are not tunneling ourselves into this false sense of control. Life has a way of biting us in the ass when we least expect it, whether that been in your past, in your present, or when it happens again. Understand that we may not be able to control every single situation that is around us. But if we want to stand our ground and focus on what we want to achieve, what we place importance in, the control comes from our ability to interpret our thoughts, our mindset. And when we build a strong mind, the physicalities will follow. But I ask you, would you die for it?